Hey Lifehouse, it's great to have you joining us online this week. Hey, we're gonna get into our new vision series. It's called Strong and Courageous. So join me, let's go, strap yourselves in as we listen to this morning's message. Take your seat, please. Take it. Take it and sit in it. It's good to be here. Uh, do you know what though? It's um, weird being here without Pastor Josh and Bell. Uh, um, are they watching? Hello, guys. What a weird coincidence that I'm here and you're not here. You guys were on the other day. Who saw videos? Love the updates. Um, that was a pretty cool swing that you guys were on the other day. Who saw that on Instagram? They're on this swing. No one knows what I'm talking about. Whatever. Same thing. I love you guys. Thank you for trusting me to be here today. And thank you guys for trusting me to be here today. <laughs> we'll see what happens. Um, for those that are new and those that probably just forgot, uh, I used to break a lot of things here. I was a youth pastor and I broke hands. I broke walls. One of my youth leaders fell through that roof. Still, I can still see it. It's patched up, but I can still see it. Um, but it is honestly like surreal to be here. Um, this was the house that me and Holly got sent from and we're youth pastors here and this is, I'm believing that there's going to be a massive outpouring of the Spirit this morning. Even the chairs are a little bit back today so we can have a bit of ministry time, a bit of fun. Um, but for those that don't know, I just want to um, explain a bit about who I am and what has been happening over the past 11 months. Um, basically what happened is me and my wife started a church in Mount Barker, who's from the hills here. Why aren't you there? It's, <laughs> come on, that would help. Um, now nah, this is better. This is honestly better, I promise. But we, we started this 11 months ago. It's our one year next month, um, which time flies when you're having fun. And we've got our one year coming up on March 5th, which is our Vision Sunday as well. And I just wanted to update you guys on what's happening, share some stories with you guys. Um, that we can celebrate together because uh, this house sent us off, not just financially, but you guys have been praying. I, I see you guys around the place and you're always coming up to me, encouraging, saying you're praying and believing for what's happening in Mount Barker. And I just wanted to crack a couple myths here. I wanted to bust a couple myths. Who watches Mythbusters here? Is that even still on the TV? Does anyone even watch the TV? Um, I'm going to bust some myths. We, we're not separate from Lifehouse. We've got the same board, same governance. Pastor Josh is going to be my boss forever. I love him. He's outstanding. So we're kind of like we're siblings, you guys and Sunday. So these wins that I'm about to share with you guys are your wins as well. And it's the kingdom's wins because um, I cannot explain to you about how many times me and Holly look at each other and we're just like, we suck. Like, what are we doing? And then the next day, God just does something that blows our mind. And I'm just, maybe even I'm simply here today to just encourage you um, that this whole strong and courageous is not just going to last this year. This is not just the vision for this year, but it's the vision that's on this house. It's the vision that's on the leaders here. It's, it's a vision that's not just going to be this year, but I'm believing that it's actually going to affect our church as well in Mount Barker. Who believes that? Can I say, though, that the worship this morning, I feel like can be strong and courageous. Like we can just start to live that now. Are we, are we in the, how many, 
weeks is left of this vision series. Next week. But I mean, that doesn't mean that we get strong and courageous after next week. That's like we can walk in that now. Today. Literally right now. And I'm believing for that. But before I get into my message, I'm actually preaching about obedience today. Um, And I'm actually going to be speaking on human sacrifice a little bit at the start as well. (laughs) Well, mild human sacrifice, like just before the sacrifice. So you came into church, maybe it's your first time, hello. And you're like, man, I can't wait to be encouraged and inspired. And then you hear the word obedience, and then you hear about human sacrifice. And you're thinking, where do I get out of here? It's, how do I leave? I haven't given you guys the okay. It'll be all right. Just stay in there. Um, I haven't given you guys any direction. So just chuck up whatever you want, and I'll explain what's going on. Awesome. Okay. Last year in March, we were in this white van that was parked adjacent from a high school and I was occupying the white van. I look borderline scary as it is, but this was our ministry outside of the high school in a white van. Don't recommend it. Please don't do that unless you're called to do it. Hallelujah. And we were in that van because... The heart behind Sunday is we wanted to be a church that was open all the time for the community, like this house. Isn't that amazing? And even like sometimes we pop in here to say g'day to Pastor Josh and the team here, and there's just life in this house, life house. It's just around the place, not on Wednesdays, but most days, everything's happening. And I'm like, I want that. I want what this house has. I want people to come to church, even though they don't even know what's going on and they feel the presence of God. And wouldn't that be amazing? So we had this white van because the market is crazy with commercial properties, as you are all very well aware. It's crazy. It's hectic. You can't get into anything. So we didn't have a building. But then August last year, this happened. And we updated from a white van to a white building. Um, And I'm talking about obedience this morning, but I'm also talking about the provision of God this morning. And in fact, if you wanted to take down notes, this isn't even a part of my message, but obedience is the key to provision. Obedience is key to provision. Are you walking in provision in your life? Are you walking in the faithfulness and the fruitfulness of God? And maybe you're sitting here and you're thinking, maybe I'm not. I'm actually not walking in the provision of God right now. Well, maybe my question to you is, are you walking in obedience? Because if you're walking in obedience, the provision of God follows. I'll tell you a little story about this, just a testimony. And I want us to praise after this because the other week we were meeting as a team and I was getting so frustrated because I'm like, this is so hard. Like stepping out and going into a new community, it's very, very hard. And it's very awkward and it's very embarrassing at times. And it's very like you're putting everything on the line. And we came together as a team And I had to remind myself, I had to remind our team, we're literally walking in a miracle here. We're walking in a miracle. I'll tell you a story about this. The van crashed into the back of my car. Isn't that provision? (laughs) Hallelujah. Like this, I'm not a mechanic, sorry guys. This bit, what's this called, Hayden? Whatever he said. That crashed into the back of my new car. And then the same day, one person rocked up to the van to get a coffee. So I'm thinking, great. I'm throwing it in here. This sucks. And then we stayed the whole day. I was 
telling A-Train, who loves A-Train, woo! I said to A-Train, let's just go. Let's leave. Let's pack it in. We'll, we'll figure it out. We'll go back tomorrow, whatever. And he's like, no, nah, no, nah, like, this is fine. Let's just stay here. Classic A-Train. <laughs> and so we stayed there. One person came. Then we started to drive the van back with my broken little tailgate at the back behind me. And then I'm like, I need to eat my problems away. So we went to KFC. And I'm in KFC, right? And then I look out the window and then this building is literally right across the road from KFC. And it had a little tiny sticker on this window here. Like it was literally right there. It wasn't on commercial SA. I was checking the real estate listings. I was checking it all the time. And it just had this little sticker. So I texted the number that was on it. And I said, hey, I'm very interested because that's the vision. We want to be somewhere open all the time. This is right in the center of Mount Barker. Is there a map of this? Maybe. Okay. Very blurry. That's all right. McDonald's is right there. This is literally the building right here. And every other listing took us three to four weeks to even get one email back. This guy replied to my text that right then, like in a second, he's just like, yep, it's ready to go. The next day we were inside of the building. We're walking around. I called Pastor Josh. I'm like, something's going on here. This seems too Good. Something is going on right now. He comes down, flew all the way down from Murray Bridge. We're, we're looking at all the stuff. We're checking out everything. It looked perfect. It was already a pre-existing cafe, a coffee shop. And we're thinking, this is it. So I messaged the guy again. I said, we're in. And he replies back to me the same day. And I'm thinking, what's going on here? Because two days before, I wanted to give up everything. I wanted to throw it in or do something else. Well, still have a church but maybe just not in a white van outside of a school. How about that? And, but it's just crazy. Like even right now, I didn't even plan to say this, but the obedience behind that led to provision. We ended up getting in there two weeks after checking it out, and we got a very generous gift, a financial gift, a very, very, very generous one. And get this, to the number, everything that this gentleman gave us covered everything. To the number. What is going on? That's provision. That, is, that to me is saying, you know what? We're faithful with obedience. God is pouring out his provision on our life. Now what happens is we moved into this building and right here in this building here, that doesn't have a roof on it yet because it wasn't even built when this photo was taken. But that's where we have church on the same property. And we were meeting in church services way out of the way in the sewage depot in Mount Barker. Something was smelling off there. And we were like, we had, to, we had to get out of there. So we were looking for a new building. We needed a space for the coffee. We needed all this stuff. And then it all happened right in the same month, one after the other. God's provision just fell on this house. And we started to see breakthrough and provision. That's the goal we serve. When we step out in obedience, God steps out with His provision. And it's not just about our church or this story. I can hit you again. We open up Sunday and I've had a lot of comments like, how is coffee ministry? Well, I'm going to tell you, and May can testify to this. People that come in for coffee, they just can't help but tell you about their life. I'm like a hairdresser. <laughs> I'm getting all the goss. I know what she said last week. I know what he said last week. Like, I'm like... I know everything. And we open up Sunday 
And here was another amazing testimony that I want to share with you guys is we had like 16 cents in our bank account after doing this. Hallelujah, isn't that provision? And our team is filled of young adults. The oldest person on our team is like not even 40 yet. And we sit in this empty cafe and we're looking at each other and we're like, well, we don't even have enough furniture. Um, we don't have enough money to buy more furniture. We don't even have enough money to buy the coffee beans. <laughs> like we had nothing. So we, um, we were just sitting there like, oh, we got a building. Sweet. Now what? And then we're sitting in this room. There's like 12 of us. And we're like, we need $9,000 to get this thing happening. Let's just see what happens. And we prayed together. We sought God together with young adults, people that are shifting out of home, people that can't even afford their own rent currently. And it was just, how is this going to work? And I'm thinking in the back of my mind, great, we get a building and then another thing to be obedient for. God's given that provision. Now another opportunity to be obedient. Isn't that interesting? And then we start to be obedient together. We start to seek God together and we raise that money in that team. Don't even know how that's even possible. Is that possible? I don't think so. That deserves a bit of praise. How did that happen? I still don't know. We get the money, all that stuff, and we get some coffee beans to then make coffee. And we did everything. Two weeks into it, this guy comes in. His name's Mike. I actually texted him just to see if I could share this. I shared it at our church. And this, honestly, like when things get tough with this church model, I think about Mike. I think about him probably too much, let's be honest. And um, he comes in and he's wearing a beanie that was inside out. So I'm thinking, hang on a second. I'm not in Murray Bridge. I'm in, I'm in Mount Barker. <laughs> oh, you don't get it? <laughs> come on, come on, come on. And he, he comes in, his beanie's inside out. He's wearing like, he's got holes everywhere. He looks very similar to me, actually. He just looks very disheveled. He comes in and he, he's like, oh, give me the strongest coffee you got. And like wax $5.00 onto the counter and I was going to be like, that's not enough, mate. Come on, give me more. But I was like, how come? Like, why do you need a strong coffee? He's like, I had a really tough day. And, and I'm like, oh, this isn't getting all jovial now. This is getting serious. And he starts crying, like hysterically in the coffee shop. Tons of people in there. Like it was, it looked awesome. Like, let me tell you. But then he starts crying to the point where he's like shaking. You know how the shaky cries? He's doing that. And I'm like, no, no, like, take your money. It's not good here. All right, I'll cover it. And he's like still crying. And all I said was this. I said, I'm here for you. That's it. He then loses it even more. Don't even know how it's possible. I think his beanie went the opposite way. <laughs> I think it was then, like, you know, the right way. And he's full on breaking down into his beanie, sobbing out of the window. Something that you need to know is that we pray every morning before we open up the doors. We pray that God's going to have his way. We pray that it's going to be a ministry and we're going to see impact. So we pray that every single morning. Mike comes in, he's breaking down and, and he composes himself. I give him his coffee and he's like, you wouldn't know this, but I went to three different coffee shops this morning and I physically left them. Like I physically felt like I had to walk out of them and come here. He's not even from the area. He's from Flinders Ranges. He didn't even know it was a coffee shop, but he felt to come here. And you know when, like, God's doing something, you get the tingles? You're like, oh, something's happening here. And I'm getting those tingles. I'm like, this is no just ordinary inside-out beanie guy. God's doing something right now. He composes himself. I felt like I had to come here. I ended up talking to him, and he, his daughter was suffering severe mental health 
to the point that she had to be hospitalized for it. It was just every single day, nonstop. It was attacking her, attacking the family. He comes in, he said, I feel like I have to come here. And I don't know what it is about this place, but I feel something. And I said, it's probably because I'm a pastor. Don't freak out. But this is a church and we pray every single morning. And this morning I prayed that we would meet someone like you. And is it okay if I pray for you? I start praying for him. He starts crying again, which is a good sign when you're praying for someone. Write that down. And he's crying, good crying this time, I think. And people are like looking like, what's going on here? There was another pastor there, which I thought was going to jump in, but he didn't, if you're watching this. And I'm praying for this guy, praying for him to receive life and life abundance through Jesus Christ, a gift of salvation, which is free to everybody. I pray for him to receive that gift. And he received it in a coffee shop with an inside out beanie with a double shot of espresso. And it happened right there in that building that we were sitting in two weeks before with no furniture, no beans, no anything. And that's the provision of God through obedience. What else do we have on here, Peter? That's it. Okay, the services. This is the sewage depot. Oh, it's not a sewage depot. It's a council building, but it was at the sewage plant. And that's where we were in April last year, and that's where we were January. Like this, we're seeing people come in from the coffee shop, and they're coming and they're experiencing something that they've never experienced before there, and they come along to our services, and we're seeing salvations every single week in that house. Right now... There's, that's probably happening right now. And I'm so thrilled to be a part of this. And this isn't me just coming up here and saying everything that's happening there. I'm saying that's happening because we're coming together with our faith. We're believing for this together. We're praying into this, your financial contribution, everything that we've started up until this point. It isn't us in Mount Barker and you guys just watching it happen. This is a win for all of us, for the kingdom of God. His provision is pouring out on the house his provision is pouring out in Mount Barker and it's just getting started. It's just getting started. Would you flick through some of the people that we've got coming along? This is just so you can get some faces as to... That guy in the middle is a player. His name's Logan. He's just, he's just ready to go. Um, let's keep it going through. These are the faces that we're seeing. That's Jan. She's in a trolley. We've got all this happening. There's people. Like, it's... When it looked like this was going to be so tough, this was going to be impossible, like what is going on, God steps out with his provision. <laughs> One more story before I get into the word. In fact, we'll see what happens. I don't even know. I'm feeling something's happening already. Um, there was this person that came uh, very irregularly to get coffee, but I would, I would remember the order because it was so bizarre. And they would come in, very sporadically, maybe like once a month, but I'd always remember them when they came in. And there was this one week that I went home to Holly and I was like, I feel like there's just something on this person. I don't know how to explain it. But then they came in the next day. And this is another the tingly thing. I'm like, this is weird. Day before I was talking about this person, next day they rock up. Here we go. Another mic. They come in and they just sit at the bar for like two hours. They're just sitting there, not saying anything. They're just sitting there. I'm thinking, okay, what's going on here? They waited for nearly everyone to leave for them to finally go, 
hey, like I know this is super weird, but I've seen on your Instagram that you have a church and I really, really want to go with my mom and my sister. And I'm like, here we go, another one, let's do it. And, but then it was, but they didn't look happy about it. She was like really like not keen on saying that for some reason. And I dig a little bit deeper and she was opening up to me about as to why she doesn't feel comfortable coming to churches. It made a lot of sense. And I gave her the rundown of who we are. I gave her the rundown of everything. And her life, I can't tell the story because I haven't asked for permission to share it, but it is like very full on. And then when she left the, the, um, the coffee shop, I said to Holly, we're not seeing her tomorrow. Like this is going to be too full on for her to come. But she rocked up alone. She just had a fight with her family. She rocks up alone. She's like shaking because she's so nervous to come to church, which if you knew, it'd be very fair. She's shaking. She's feeling uncomfortable. Didn't know anybody in that place receiving the gift of salvation. Provision. Provision, provision, provision. One more. Um, There's a lot, but there's one more that I think is going to really encourage us today, especially being a church that's strong and courageous. I... um, I was a little bit, when you were talking about the healing clinic, I was like, that's a bit uncomfortable for me. Like I used to just find that stuff quite like full on, a bit like, oh, I don't want to go there because it's a bit f- like full on. Um, and there was this guy that came to our services, he's been coming for a while and he, like in one week he was fine, the next week he started to have um, the early signs of arthritis in his finger where he just couldn't open it or close it anymore. And something on our team's heart was like, we really wanted to just start praying for this stuff. Like we serve a God that isn't just a fictional character in a leather bound book, but we serve the God of the universe who can do seemingly more than what we can think in our brain, in our little brain. And we were talking as a team and we're like, yes, let's go after this stuff. Let's really believe for healing here. Come on, like this would be amazing. And then that week he rocks up and I'm like too scared to do it because we, which is funny right? Because I'm a pastor, but we get people down the front and I'm like, hey, like if you want like prayer for this or whatever, like come down the front. And he's kind of like not really making the move down the front. And I felt like I should go out the back and just pray for him anyway. But I'm like, if it doesn't happen, it's going to be a bit embarrassing. This is a full on thing to do. And then the next week I get a message from this guy on Facebook saying like, hey, this is like really start to mess up my week. I can't really do things with it anymore. Like I really want prayer for this thing. And I'm like, okay, like I'm going to pray for this. Next week, he comes down the front and I'm thinking, okay, people are looking now. Let's see what happens. And I prayed for him and he, like, you know, if you've prayed for someone and their eyes are open, you're thinking, are they like, not liking this? Like, have you ever prayed for someone you can't feel their eyes just being open? Well, his eyes were very open, like halfway through. And I'm like, okay, this isn't happening. This isn't going anywhere. And then he just like does this smile like this. (laughs) And then I'm and I'm like, okay, something's happening here. And I look at him, he's just doing this. It's opening and closing. But right before he came down, it was pale, it was stiff. I could see it. And then after we prayed for it, instantly healed. I don't know where you're at with that, but that is just the provision of God. That's what he wants to do to us. He wants to bless us. He wants to bless us. Um, so God is doing amazing things. And I just want to say thank you so much. But I'm actually here today, not to just highlight the amazing things, but I actually wanted to highlight the not amazing things as well. Because if we're called to be strong and courageous, that's not just in the good seasons. That's just not when Mike's getting saved and this is happening. And this is in like day to day, we can come here, be strong and courageous. But then what does Monday look like? 
What does Wednesday look like? What is that doctor saying to us? What is this going on with our family? Well, and I think strong and courageous is amazing, but it's something that we can walk out every single day. Every single day. So let's go for it. We're going to be preaching about obedience and provision today. Who's excited about that? Amazing. Before I get into the Word, um, I was a youth pastor here and we used to go out to the rage cage. Is that still a thing? Pastor Jacob? It's coming. Well, there was this time that we went out to the rage cage and Chelsea Henson was there. And, and it's basically in Sturt Reserve and you play soccer and all this stuff. And we're playing, we're going to play soccer, but we ended up playing basketball. And Chelsea really wanted to be on my team. She like really wanted to be on my team. Like if you know, she just wanted to be on my team. She was on my team and then people started leaving my team. So it ended up just being Chelsea and I. Who remembers this? Does, does anyone remember this? Am I just boys? Anyone? <laughs> You'll probably remember what happened after. We're playing basketball and one thing that Chelsea's super good at is she's like so good at like crying out for my attention. She's like, Jake, pass me the ball. Pass me the ball. Jake, pass me the ball. And I'm thinking, I'm a pastor. I'm just going to do it. Pass her the ball. She was no longer looking at me and the ball went flying straight into her face. Um, and the reason why I'm explaining that is pretty funny. I'm sorry, by the way. Do you forgive me? Oh, thank you. Oh, Chelsea. But we can be so good at crying out for stuff, but it's another thing to cry out to things for God. It's another thing to carry what you're crying out for. Can I go there this morning? It's so easy to come to church and cry out to God. God, give me this, give me that. I want this, I want that. But are we prepared this morning to catch what we're actually crying out for? If we're crying out to be strong and courageous, then we need to be prepared this morning to be obedient in the times that it's tough, in the times that it doesn't make sense, but we need to be obedient in the good times, not just in the, in the, in the things when it's all happy, but we need to be obedient in every single season. Obedience is the key to God's provision. Who believes that? Can I get an amen? Luke 16, verse 10, it says this, whoever can be trusted with very little can also be trusted with much. And whoever is dishonest with very little will also be dishonest with much. Ooh. You can cry out for a lot of things in church, a lot of things in your faith, but can you carry what you're crying out for? I know that this house is not going to be a house that is super good at crying out on a Sunday. Maybe you're here and you're saying, God, I want a financial blessing. Pour it out to me right now. But maybe this morning God is saying, in order to receive that, how are you going with your personal finances right now? Are you stewarding your finances right now? I know this is a hard word, but please, I believe that God is going to do something this morning. God, I want that man of God to come into my life. I want the perfect woman to just float into my life, just levitate into my life. And then God's maybe saying this morning, well, are you stewarding your singleness right now? It's easy to cry out for things, but are we willing to prepare ourselves to carry what we're actually crying out for? Are you prepared to have a move of God in your life? Or do you keep on asking the same things of God over and over and over again? God, pass me this, pass me this. But this morning, I believe that we need to understand the preparation of obedience. Turn to the person next to you and whisper, obedience. It's a good thing. Here's where the uh, 
Jacob, your iPad's having a weird time right now. <laughs> come on. Here's where the human sacrifices come into. I know we're all ready for that. Are we ready? Oh, yeah. Ollie's getting lit at the back. He's like, let's go. Genesis 22. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. Sometime after God tested Abraham, he said to him, Abraham, here I am, Abraham replied. Then God said, take your son, your only son, whom you love, Isaac, and go to the region of Moriah. Sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on a mountain. I'll show you. Now, a bit of context. This is Old Testament. This is what happened back in the day was there was altars that had to be prepared, burnt offerings, elements, sacrifices to give to God. But we don't do that anymore. Hallelujah. Who's thankful for that? Not a lot of people. <laughs> I know holidays were pretty intense for some people, but you don't want to do that. Here we go. Early the next morning, Abraham got up and loaded his donkey. Uh, he took with him two of his servants and his son Isaac, the one who God was like, you know that guy that you love? Let's see what we can do here. Um, when he had cut enough wood for the burnt offering, he set out for the place that God had told him about, Moriah. Verse 4, on the third day, interesting, Abraham looked up and saw the place in the distance. He said to his servants, stay here with to you, will I and the boy go over there? We will worship and then we will come back to you. We will worship and we will come back to you. Verse 6, Abraham took the wood for the burnt offering and placed it on his son Isaac. And he himself carried the fire and the knife. So Isaac was literally carrying the elements for his own sacrifice. Full on. Did you expect that this morning? But you didn't. Um, as the two of them went on together, Isaac spoke up and said to, his said to Abraham, Father, yes, my son, Abraham replied. The fire and the wood are here, Isaac said. But where is the lamb for the burnt offering? Very fair question. Very fair question. Abraham answered, God himself will provide the lamb for the burnt offering, my son. And the two of them went on together. When they reached the place that God had told him about, Abraham built an altar there and arranged the wood on it. Now, when we think about altars, I don't know what you're thinking about, but I did a little bit of research into this a couple of weeks ago, and altars weren't this like little hard work fire. They were like pretty significant things. So it would have taken some time, it would have been hard work, and it would have been quite large, okay? Abraham built an altar, and there he arranged the wood on it. He bound his son Isaac and laid him on the altar, on top of the wood. Verse 10. Then he reached out his hand, took the knife to slay his son. Verse 11. But the angel of the Lord called out to him from heaven, Abraham, Abraham, here I am, he replied. Do not lay a hand on the boy, he said. Do not do anything to him. Now I know that you fear God because you have not withheld from me your first son, your only son. Abraham looked up and there in the thicket, which is like thorns, I'm assuming. Got any gardeners in the house? Am I pretty correct? Hallelujah. He looked into the thicket and he saw a ram caught by its horns. He went over and took the ram and sacrificed it as a burnt offering instead of his son. Isn't that a good word? So Abraham called that place, the Lord will provide. And to this day, it is said, on the mountain of the Lord, it will be provided. You're probably like, what's this got to do with obedience? If I was to ask you, don't yell out, because it's going to ruin this for everyone. How old do you think Isaac is? You probably, when I read this, I'm like three, six, eight. 
Well, if we look into this, Isaac is presumably 37 years old. And we listen to this and it's like, oh, Abraham's carrying little Isaac and he's like, I'm going to kill you. <laughs> but what actually happens a couple of verses after is Sarah, so he's basically Isaac's mum passed away and her age reveals what Isaac's age would have been, which is 37. And the reason why this is so important is because when I used to hear this story, I'm like, how can God be all good and then want to sacrifice a little baby boy? That's just, that doesn't make sense. But what this is actually saying is in the law at the time, Isaac would have known full well what was going on. That's why he asked that question. I've got the knife, I've got the wood, but where is the sacrifice? He knew what was going to happen. He knew when they were building the altar, what was going to happen. In fact, Abraham was so old that he could not lift up a 37-year-old man. Think about that. Wouldn't, wouldn't work. Abraham would have been sacrificed, let's be honest. He wouldn't be able to do it. And when we hear something like this, I don't know about you if you're the same as me, but I'm thinking a little helpless, doesn't know what's going on boy, was being led to this thing that he had no idea about, but it's actually the opposite. He was a 37-year-old adult that knew what was going on, but the only thing that was different was his obedience. He was willing to go along with what was happening because he trusted. How's your obedience? The reason why this is so important for being strong and courageous is because what I've seen this year, I've seen a lot of Christians say, oh, I believe in like 98.4% of the Bible, but there's some things that are just a bit offensive. And there's some things that really challenge me. So I'm just going to put them to the side. In fact, not only that, but let me just explain to you what I see some Christians' obedience to be like. My mum used to come home from work at like 5 p.m., and she would always text me when I came home from school. And she's like, Jake, clean your room. No, hey, how's your day? Just clean your room. Who's got mums like that? No one? That's good because had to be spick and spam. And I don't know if you guys are the same if that's happened to you, but I wouldn't do a thing until I heard the roller door just like, and I'd just be like frantic, like, oh my gosh, let's do this thing. And there was this one time that like flashed into my brain when I was preparing this was I came home from school and I was just like, I just didn't want to watch ABC3 today. I just wanted to actually do something productive. So I started cleaning my room off my own back. Isn't that good? When she texts me, I'm like, okay, I've got some fans here. Um, and I'm like, I don't need a text. I'm just doing this. And I said, I'm already on it. No, well done. Don't know anything. Um, I'm cleaning my room, but I don't know if you guys are similar, but my cleaning of my room was like anything that's visible has to be clean, but like under the bed, that's another story. In the closet, let's chuck some things in there. On top of the fan, why not? I can just put... Um, and I just remember this so vividly because my mum came home and she didn't even acknowledge how clean everything looked, but she just walked straight into my room, lifts up my bed and she's like, clean all of your room. <laughs> all of it. And it's funny, but my one point for this morning, if you want to take down notes, is partial obedience is not obedience at all. Obeying God partially is actually not obedience at all. It's following God up to a point. It's yes, God, up to a point. Be strong and courageous up until my comfort. 
God, I'll go wherever you send me to go, but not there. God, I'll do whatever you want me to do with that person, but not that. God, I'll follow you and I'll follow your word. But that bit, what it says at the end of that scripture, I don't know about that. Partial obedience is not obedience at all. God is calling us to be a church that is fully obedient, fully committed to Him. Not just to get the provision, can I tell you? It's not just for the provision. It's to say, God, what you've taken me out of, what you've said you're going to do in my life, your promises are for me. It says in the Word that you're the same yesterday, today and forever. I'm going to be obedient. I'm going to follow you. Obedience is probably the less sexy thing to talk about in church out of anything else. It's like anytime I hear about obedience, I used to think it was just about like you're calling someone to just do something against their own will. But I'm actually not talking about that. I'm talking willingly, willfully following God in obedience. Not despite of what you want to do, but saying, you know what? I actually want to do this. I want to be obedient to you, God. My, my next point, I said I only have one point, but I've got more. Believe it or not, God actually wants what's best for us. God wants what's best for me. And we can hear this stuff about being obedient. It's all these rules. It's all these things. It's all these hurdles. It's all these things that I can't acquire. He, he just wants to make my life boring. He wants to make my life dull. He wants to make my life sour. He wants to make my life this thing. But this morning, can I actually encourage you that being obedient to God is for your benefit. It's actually for our benefit to follow the will of God. There's things in the Bible that are hard to hear and tough to swallow, but they're actually for our benefit. Provision is the key and obedience is the key for our provision. Can I get an amen? Do you have a posture of obedience today? Or is your posture, I can cry out, I can cry out, but I'm not willing to carry what I'm crying out for. Can you stand to your feet all over the house today? My last point for this morning, I'm so sweaty up here. I'm used to the hills now. It's so cold. I know I get everyone to stand up and I'm going to please ask if you continue to do that. But if you want to write this down as well, because at the start of today, I'm explaining to you all of the provision that God's pouring out. But can I actually be honest? The amount of times that I'm like, I can't do this. I don't have what it takes. This is freaky. This is embarrassing. This is awkward. This is requiring too much. And the amount of times I've wanted to just go, nah, someone else can do it. Nah, this isn't for us. This isn't for us. When we step out in obedience, every single time we've said yes to obedience and no to our feelings, God's provision has just poured out into our life. And this is the, this is the thing that I want you to hear today. I want you to hear everything, but this is, this is something that has really challenged me. God's won't is different to God's can't. Why? Because God's can't doesn't exist. He can do anything. He can do everything, but sometimes He just chooses not to. And there's been a lot of times where I've been faced with things and I'm like, well, God just won't do this. He just, He he won't, but then it leads into, no, God just can't do this. He can't do it with me. This is not working. I'm not seeing this thing happen in my life. He just can't do it. To whatever you've been 
feeling it's been tough to be obedient with in your life, can I actually encourage you this morning? He can. It's not a he can't matter. It's he just won't. And maybe he's just not just yet. This Isaac being 37 thing has really rattled me this year. I don't know if it's rattled you as well. But what I get from that is that obedience trumps anything else with our walk with Jesus. There's this thing that I've um, had a privilege of being able to do. I can actually get this out of here as well, just to pray for people. Um, But there's this thing that I've been thinking about a lot and I've seen a lot of opportunities, especially being in a coffee house every day of a week. I see Christians come in from different backgrounds, different churches, and it's so easy to fake a lot of things with our faith. Let's be honest. It's so easy. You can come to church, both hands in the air, maybe even a leg. It's like, I'm so spiritual today. Hallelujah. You come to church and you're all smiling. It's like everything's perfect. But then when we leave Adelaide Road, it's another story. There's just things going on at home. There's everything. Like we can fake a lot of things with our faith. But there's one thing that we can't fake, and that is our obedience to God. Can't fake that. You cannot fake obedience. And this morning is a little bit of a different call. Um, But can I tell you, it's a very important call for us to receive as a church. It's not going to be a call for you to come down and just cry out to God, because I believe that we're good at that. We're good at crying out to God. It's going to be a call of going, God, I actually want to prepare my heart, prepare my life today to actually be able to catch what I'm crying out for in my life. I want to be obedient to you. I want to trust that your word is good for me. I want to trust that your plans are good for me. I want to trust what it says in your word, that the promises are there for my benefit, that to grow me, that to shape me. And can I tell you something today? Maybe you've been crying out for the provision, but God is just challenging you to be obedient. On Monday, on Tuesday, on Wednesday, on Thursday, on Friday, to walk in that daily obedience to God. And the altar is so special because there's nothing about this piece of the carpet. Like it's not a special linen from carpet courts and it's been flown out from Egypt. It's not like a special part of the stage or the room, but it's a statement of going, you know what, I'm willing and obedient to walk out of my chair right now. It might be embarrassing, might be awkward, but I'm just here to be fully obedient to God. And I'm not going to count down or anything. If you're just after that and you want to come down the front, would you just come down and join me down here? Um, of a call to say, you know, I want to live a committed life. I want to live an obedient life right now. Would you just start to come down, start to fill the place? I'm believing that God's going to have a move of God today in Murray Bridge. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. An obedient call. Partial obedience is not obedience at all. And there's no time frame on this. If you're here and you're feeling that, and you're like, I just need to step out. I just need to let it go. I need to let my feelings go. I need to let my pride go. I might need to drop some things, but I just want to walk in that obedience. Come on. Thank you, Jesus. Would you just respond to Him right now? Start to fill the place. And if you're not responding, would you just close your eyes all over the house? But as you're walking down, amen. Hallelujah. Maybe it's an obedience with your finances. Maybe it's an obedience with the time that you spend. Maybe it's an obedience with people in your life. And you're saying, God, you're calling me to an obedient life. And I want to respond to that today. Amen. Come on, there's still time if you want to come down. I'm not saying you can't receive in your chair, but I am saying that this is a demonstration of what I'm preaching about. Can we walk out what we are crying out for? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And if there's any pastors or team or pastoral care people that want to come down and pray for some precious people, 
And I've got a simple prayer. I'm not going to do three different prayers here. I want to do a simple prayer. But if you're down the front, would you just lift your hands out in front of you like you're about to receive a big present? And if you're in your chairs as well, I don't want this to be like a, this is not your time, but would you just like to stretch out your hands to these precious people as well? Or not, that's okay, hallelujah. And what I'm going to do is I'm just going to lead us in a prayer of obedience, of thankfulness, of trust into Jesus. And I want to pray that this morning that the provision of God is not going to be the focus, but our obedience to Him is going to be the focus in every season, in every day. Lord, I just pray over every single person that's down the front here today, that's responding to You, people that are out the back that aren't walking down, but are feeling that call today as well. Lord, I just pray for this house to not be a house that's known for crying out to You, but known for a house that is called to carry what they're crying out for. God, I just pray for the strong and courageous to outpour into this church right now. Lord, I thank You that You want to bless us. Lord, I thank You that You want to provide for us. Lord, I thank You that You want to give us good gifts. Lord, I thank You that You want what's best for us. But God, today, we just say to You that we want to make a decision altogether to walk in daily obedience to You. Walk in full obedience to You. Walk in full fellowship with You. God, I pray from the left to the right, every single heart that's open to You right now, would You fill them today with a spiritual motivation, with a drive, with a hunger, with that strength, with that courageousness to follow You in season, out of season, in the joy, in the pain. Would You fill them today in the mighty Name of Jesus. In the mighty name of Jesus. And when you're down the front here, we're going to pray. We're going to come around you. But let's worship, team. Can we lead us in worship all together? And let's really worship Him this morning. Come on, can we lift a a joyful sound to heaven all over the house? Come on, let's sing. Let's lift our voice. Wow, what an amazing word that was. Hey, if you felt like you really connected to that word, then feel free to jump onto life.house, click on my response and tell us all about it. We'd love to hear it. We love having you guys online, but we even more want to see you in person. So if you're in Murray Bridge on a Sunday morning, come through 170 Adelaide Road at 10am and we will see you in person. See you then.